Welcome back to the Napod Pomo Spider Day podcast produced by Varmint's Podcast and part of the Podfix Network. Today's episode is part of a long interview I was privileged to be able to do with T from Scientific, who is a spider expert from the UK. We talked about all sorts of things, which I'll make into at least a couple of episodes. If you want to hear the nearly hour-long conversation, you can join us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. So go look for Varmint's podcast over on Patreon, and if you do, thank you. Now enough of that, let's get to the spider expert. It's time for tea! Hey, Varminions! This is Donna, and I'm sitting here with Scientific Tea from the Scientific Production Collective, I guess I would call you. I'm sitting here looking at your list of stuff, your links. You are all over the place. Please introduce yourself and who you are and what you do and all of your socials, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Cool. Hello, my name is Tea. I am... Yeah, like you said, all over the place. <laughs> in a good way, <laughs> I, in a great way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do a lot of different things and I have very sort of broad interests. So a lot of like my socials and my sort of online presence reflects several different elements of who I am. But as scientific, what people tend to know me for is just basically being all about spiders. And, um, you know, I am involved in spider science to an extent. I'm not currently affiliated with any like institutions. I'm not studying at the moment. I'm not employed by any institutions at the moment. So everything that I do in terms of science is purely driven by my own passion and my own interest. And I am involved in like legitimate scientific studies with associates of mine who are currently studying or employed by institutions. So I work very closely with a lab in Vancouver on their sort of behavioral ecology stuff concerning spiders. And there's a few other people here and there that I've collaborated with recently too. So like I said, most of my science work is um, driven by my own interest and my, my sort of need to be learning all the time. You know how when you're just sitting around or standing around or whatever, every now and then, <laughs> A spider will just land on you, just out of nowhere, yeah. and you're like, ah! and, <laughs> and I mean, I like spiders, and I mean, I'm not opposed to them using me as a, 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 a way to get from point A to point B if they if they want to. I'd rather know about it, <laughs> but so I can hold still, but it's never like that, and you go, ah! and then, like, get it off me, and which I think is just an involuntary human response. Very hard to train yourself out of that. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh gosh, where's the spider? Did I hurt it? And then I try to find it and try to sort out what's going on. But <laughs> I know that they're not jumping on you on purpose. No. Even jumping spiders. I've had a jumping spider a couple of times. I think just completely aim incorrectly and just whap into me and be like, <laughs> and you look down and the little guy's down there going, oh, that was what happened and they have really great eyesight so you know but even they miss sometimes so what's going on with that why do they just land on you out of nowhere 
The first thing to take into consideration is how we look to spiders. We don't look necessarily, especially if they're up close, we don't necessarily look like a creature. We just look like a continuation of their environment, like a large object, oh, you know? I was wondering about that. That was uh, part two of yeah. my question. Do they know we're people or animals? Do they, do. Do they realize they do. that we are animals? Yeah, they do. So I don't know if you've ever put this to the test, but if you try and pick up a spider that you find outside, if you hold your hand out in front of it and have it walk, you know, if it's walking in a direction and you put your hand in front of it in the hopes that it will continue walking onto your hand, a lot of the time when they come into contact with your skin, they'll realize that it's not the same as what they were just walking on and they'll turn and they'll run. Oh, I see. Okay. So they can tell from our vibrations that we are a creature? Yeah. So a spider's body is... And the whole thing is like a sensory organ. So even the ones that don't have particularly good eyesight, they have unbelievably good like sense of touch and they have hairs all over their body that are designed to pick up vibrations in the air, in the ground they're walking on, in the silk that they've spun. They are basically fine-tuned to pick up and identify what vibrations are. So they can tell the difference between the movement of the air just because of a breeze from like to the movement of prey in their web to the movement of predators to the movement of like the vibrations of things like footfall you know a large animal walking towards it they can tell what all of these things are obviously in a spider's brain it's not thinking hmm, yes that's a large person wearing large boots they're thinking okay that's a threat it's just it's a sensory kind of thing is it is it a threat do i need to run or do i hunt it kind of thing you right. know what i mean so right. they can tell What's just like ambient vibration in the background that they don't need to be concerned about? What's something that they need to pursue if they might want to eat it? And what's something that they need to run away from? And what is potentially something they may want to mate with? So it sounds like when they land on you, it's an accident. Uh, a lot of the time, yeah. So you'll have some that are wandering around. I mean, I've lost I've lost count of the times now when I've been lying in bed and a cellar spider has walked across my face while I've been on my phone or something. La, 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 they don't know necessarily that I'm a human. They've wandered down from where they are up high and they're looking for somewhere else. Maybe it's a male looking for a mate. Maybe it's someone that's been hanging out somewhere in the hoping in the hopes of finding some prey and it's not been going so well. So now they're going to relocate and try somewhere else. And they're out and about. They're wandering around and they'll walk across me and. They don't know, you know, if I'm not moving, if it's just kind of like I'm I'm breathing or something, you know, it's not like sudden jerky movements. It's not really anything that they're particularly concerned about. It's just they're sensing it as that sort of ambient background, you know, vibration that's not inherently threatening or not something they need to pursue. So they just wander around. As soon as they realize I'm an animal, you know, that I'm a, I'm a creature that could potentially hurt them, they'll get a jog on, they'll run real fast and they will try and get away from me very, very quickly as soon as they realize. Right. So yeah, a lot of the time, if you're sat around and a spider abseils down onto you on a, on a silk line from somewhere, it's it's got on you it hasn't planned that it hasn't looked at you and thought yeah it's gonna be really funny if i scare the crap out of that person you know, it's none of that. it is really funny i mean it, it can be <laughs> but it's too bad they can't appreciate it <laughs> yeah exactly you know they end up getting yeeted across the room at speed and they not they don't know what just happened you know but jumping spiders you know they particularly when i've tried to handle jumping spiders when i found them out in my yard or wanted to relocate them or anything as soon as they touch skin or they realize that they're on a, an animal or you know some sort of creature they don't want to know they want to run they want to get as far away as they can so if a jumping spider jumps onto you it's because it's scanning its environment it's figuring figuring out where it wants to go next and it's seen you as 
a continuation of the landscape. So it's like, oh, yep, that's something I can jump onto to get over there or, you know. And they're not always right. And, you know. No, they're not always right. You know, they they get it wrong just as much as, you know, anything else does. But, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not doing it purposefully. The other thing that came to mind when you mentioned that is there's this idea that, especially in this country, and I suppose in areas of the US where you have them, which I think is mostly on the Pacific Northwest area, the house spiders that I was talking about, so Eratogena and Tegenaria genus, genera, sorry, the large house spiders that we have in our houses, particularly during the autumn time when the males have reached maturity and they're out looking for females, you see them running around in the house. They're quite large and they're very, very fast. And people seem to have this idea that they run at you, that they'll see a human and they will ambush a human and they will run at them. And that's not true. They they don't want to do that. They don't want to come anywhere near you. They don't want to be near people. So it's a sensory thing. Again, a lot of the time with this particular type of spider I'm talking about now is another species that has pretty poor eyesight. So their eyes, although they have eight of them, they don't function as eyes like we have that take in objects and, you know, make sense of what each object is. They're used more as sensors for light levels and the movement of shadows and that kind of thing. So it's like a light sensor on, you know, on a a floodlight system outside someone's house. You know, it senses movement or it senses changes in light levels. That's kind of what spiders' eyes are doing, like these spiders particularly. So their their eyes are kind of rudimentary and they're able to, to sense light levels. So sometimes if you're a big human and you're casting a shadow and they're out in the open and they feel exposed they'll run towards a shadow because to them a shadowy place is covered and potentially safer than being out in the open oh and then that looks to you like they're running at you that looks to you like they're running at you yeah another thing is again they sense vibration when they're out looking for a mate they communicate with mates via vibration so the males and females you know they know what to sort of feel around for and what to sort of put out there to to communicate with one another so if a male is caught off guard and feels some vibration from you walking across the room his immediate reaction may be oh is that a female and sort of like dart towards it to check it out and then realize pretty quickly that you're not a female at all and that you're actually big and huge and scary and then it'll run away from you but the initial thing is it senses something and its immediate knee-jerk reaction is to, to run towards it to see whether it's something it should be paying more attention to. So it's a, it's a combination of sensing those vibrations and you know having that knee-jerk reaction and not knowing straight away that it's a human and that it is potentially threatening to them and they should run away from it. And also the sort of the kind of shadow thing, you know, if it sees a big dark shadowy area and it's out somewhere exposed or it's feeling threatened. I think a lot of the time it happens when people are trying to corral them into a cup or, you know, trying to like scoop them up to take them outside of the house. They'll see it run towards them instead of like away from them. And they're like, they get startled. They're like, oh my God, it's running for me. No, it's startled already because you're trying to move it. And now it's seen a dark area that might be cover. So it's running towards that. But that happens to be the shadow that you're casting. So you see what I mean? It's like they're they're responding to their environment. They're not seeing a human and thinking, I'm going to get you. You know, they don't want to be near people. They really don't. It's a mighty Marvel misunderstanding on the level of a bug. (laughs) It really is. And it's also really unfortunate because that's another one of those things that people have latched onto is this negative thing about spiders that makes them really scary. And it's just a big misunderstanding. (laughs) that's it for today everybody see you tomorrow you've been listening to a podcast of the podfix network 
Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up to the minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfix network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.